Welcome back to the Suncoast Vet Podcast, coming directly to you from the Sunshine Coast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and research in veterinary medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Woodcock, and I'm excited to be here with you again. Whether you're driving on the way to or from work, you've got your earpods in walking a furry friend, or you're getting dinner ready, just sit back, relax, and enjoy a different style of veterinary podcasting. G'day everyone, welcome to our podcast today. Now we're talking about the importance of reducing stress during vet visits for our pussycats. I'm here with Dr. Ashley from our Battery Hill Clinic. G'day Ash, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Michael. No worries, Ash. Now what I'd like to know, can you give us a bit of information regarding why our cats are so susceptible when we bring them to a vet visit? Well, it all comes down to just their nature as cats. Cats are solitary territorial predators. And they have a highly sensitive sense of smell and hearing as predators that need to be able to hunt things and catch things. So they have superhuman hearing and smell. They need to feel in control and safe and they need to be in a familiar environment to feel content. And when they're taken out of their element, like during a vet visit, it can be very stressful for them. Okay, so why exactly does a vet visit become so stressful for our feline friends? Well, the whole process can be very distressing and uncomfortable for them because they might already be sick or in pain as the reason they're coming to the vet in the first place. A lot of older kitties might have osteoarthritis, so even just getting them into their box can be painful. Mm -hmm. They're forced into their carrier. They're taken out of their normal routine. They might be hungry because food might have been withheld before the visit. They're riding in the car with all sorts of unfamiliar sights and sounds around them. And then once they arrive at the clinic, there are loud noises, maybe other dogs and cats around them. And then they're being handled in unfamiliar positions for their clinical exam by the vet. We might be drawing blood and they might have a scary cold stethoscope or a thermometer used on them, which obviously would not be pleasant if you have no idea what's going on. Could be a nightmare for them, yeah. <laughs> so how can we make them feel better? Well, it's all about teamwork. We are your kitty's healthcare team and we need to respect your cat as an individual and work to make the visit as stress-free as possible. And that means first educating owners on how they can prepare their cats for the visit, mm -hmm. providing a comfortable and familiar carrier, minimizing loud noises and other stimuli while we're working with your cat in the room and using gentle handling techniques and being patient and understanding with our feline patients. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Yeah. And who knows, maybe with a little bit of effort, we can turn the stressed out cats into, you know, cool, calm, collected little kitties at the vet surgery, which will be good for all of us. Well, let's just talk about something that many cat owners worry about. They're afraid the stress of the visit could be more harmful than the problem itself. So they go, oh, should I take my cat into the vet? They're probably going to stress out, probably going to get sicker. Is that a valid concern? Well, it is really understandable that some owners feel that way. But the thing that concerns us is that cats do hide illness really well. And by the time they show symptoms, the illness might have progressed to the point where it is a bit of an emergency. So delaying health checks, delaying vaccinations and dental checks, because we're worried about stress for your kitty means that there might be negative consequences to their health. Well, what sort of health problems can stress cause in cats? You know, what can they get from being overstressed? Yeah, so stress itself can cause some issues. Viruses like cat flu can be expressed in cats that are stressed, just like people who come down with shingles when they're stressed. Yeah. Feline lower urinary tract disease can be triggered by stress. So some cats that are in a stressful situation, like an owner leaving the house and going away on holiday and leaving them with a sitter or a piece of furniture moving in the house can be enough to stress them out enough to cause inflammation in their bladder. So stress itself can cause UTI-like symptoms. We get a lot of those, don't we? Yeah, we get heaps of those. Yeah, yeah. Cats can 
have behavioural issues like over-grooming and toileting outside of the litter box, which no owner wants. And during our clinical exam, stress will also really affect the physiological parameters that we are collecting. Their blood pressure, their heart rate, their breathing rate and their temperature will all be elevated. Even their blood test results can change due to stress. Cats that are stressed will often have really high blood glucose readings and that can make it quite difficult for us to diagnose uh, cats with diabetes. Well, that's going to be pretty concerning if we have these alterations in these variables that we're trying to measure for these cats that are coming in. But there's another aspect to this that people don't think about, the safety of the staff members and of themselves when they bring the cat in. Can you fill us in on a bit of that? Yeah. All of our veterinary staff members are very respectful and probably a little bit fearful of stressy cats because they can react unpredictably. Cats have a high bacterial load in their mouths. Cat bites can turn into very nasty infections. And I think as vets, we've all heard horror stories about team members who have been bitten and the consequences from that. If a staff member's bitten by a cat, we take it very seriously. And it's basically protocol that we'll be seeing a doctor and often we'll be on antibiotics after a cat bite. Well, it's got to be something to keep in mind. How can we make the vet visit less stressful for our feline friends then? Well, cats have a really good long-term memory and they can remember a single negative event. So if we make each visit as positive a memory as possible, hopefully they're less likely to respond protectively at future vet visits. There are a few ways for us to reduce stress. We can use pheromone sprays or diffusers. We can cover their carrier with a towel and we can use low-stress handling techniques during the exam. Well, that's all well and good, but we've got to get the cat there, don't we? So let's talk about something where every cat owner dreads that's actually getting the cat in the box. Can we prepare our feline friends for that scary experience in any way? Yeah, absolutely. And that starts off with finding the right carrier for your cat. We recommend the best carrier for a vet visit is a sturdy plastic carrier with a top half that you can actually easily remove and take off. And then that way during the exam, we can just take the top off and we can look at your cat while it's in its box and we don't have to mess around trying to drag Kitty out of there. They can just sit comfortably in the box when we have a look at them. If you've got multiple cats coming into the vet, you should have one carrier per cat. Even if your cats are friends at home, if you're putting them both in a tiny space together in a scary situation, you might have a bit of a risk of a fire breaking out. Okay. And that way you'd avoid those catastrophes? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> okay, oh, no. Sorry about that one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what about the fabric carriers? The fabric carriers are good, but if you are using one, make sure it has a full zip opening at the top so we can actually get them out, lift them out from the top if we have to, and a zip opening from both sides. Sometimes we'll find cats can back themselves right at the back of the ones that don't open from both sides and it's really difficult to get them out. So the other day I was going to an event and I was going to take hashtag, that's my cat, (laughs) needed to transport her. And so my lovely wife decided to pop off to the pet shop and find a carrier. So she got one of those ones with the spacesuit looking backpacks. What do you think of those? They look very, very cool, but I probably don't love them for every cat as much as I love the way that they look. They do look really super trendy and futuristic, but for some cats, they could be a little bit stressful because your cat will be visually exposed. And I also just wonder about the ventilation in there uh, and whether that might add to your cat stress. All right. Then what about taking them in on, say, a lead and harness like you do with the dog? Please don't. We can't stress this enough. It's not safe to have your cat loose in the car, even if they're on a harness or lead. Not only is it dangerous for them, but it can also be a distraction for the driver. All right. Thanks, Ash. Great tips. So now if we pick the right carrier, how do we get the cat used to it? 
The key is to make the carrier a really familiar and comfortable place for your cat. So instead of just keeping the carrier on a shelf in your garage gathering dust, only taking it out for the vet visit, you can start by incorporating the carrier just as a normal part of your house. Make it just another normal piece of furniture for your cat. Put it in a place in the house where your cat likes to spend time. Put a comfortable blanket in there. Put some toys and treats in there and encourage your cat to spend time in there. Now, Ash, what if hashtag doesn't want to go into the carrier? What can I do? Ideally, we want want your cat to go into the carrier by themselves. And you can try that first just with maybe getting a treat or a toy and seeing if they'll walk in by themselves. But if they won't do that, you can use positive reinforcement training to actually carrier train your cat to enter the carrier by itself. But if you need to put Kitty in the carrier and you haven't yet had time to train them to go in there, you just want to put them in through the top. Make sure the lid's open first. You want to gently but firmly pick up your cat holding all four limbs together so your cat's not mm-hmm. struggling around with limbs flailing everywhere. Or a blanket or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And um, if that's a bit stressful for Kitty, you can wrap them in a blanket and you just want to gently pop them through the top. Anything else to make it easier? You can spray your carrier with Bellyway spray. For those who haven't heard of Bellyway spray, Bellyway is a synthetic version of feline facial pheromone, which is produced by the glands around the cat's face. You can spray the carrier with it 15 minutes before you pop your cat in the box, and that can help calm your cat down and reduce the stress during the whole visit. So that would make them a lot calmer on the drive-in. Then we get to the clinic. What's going to make them more comfortable coming into the waiting room of the vet surgery? So in the waiting room can be a scary place. Some clinics may be able to facilitate a cat or a dog waiting room if that's not possible. Ideally, arriving as close to your appointment time as possible is good. Or if you do arrive early, you can wait in your car until your appointment time just to minimise the time your cat is exposed to other animals in the room. When you do come into the waiting room, we'll direct you to place your carrier on a chair away from other animals and we'll provide some towels to place over the carrier to help your cat feel more secure and less exposed. So they're not seeing what's going on or smelling it or all the noises and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, when we're in that consult room, why won't the cat do what we want it to do? As cat owners, we know that each cat has its own very unique personality and quirks. And when it comes to arriving at the vet, we really see those personalities come out to play. Firstly, we have cats who just freeze and I guess they show what we call inhibited behaviour. And those cats might be just the cat that's crouched in the middle of the table, still as a statue. They're gathering information, they're listening and they're watching and they are processing and trying to figure out what's going on and what they want to do next. Next, we've got cats who are actively trying to avoid the situation. And those cats might be actually trying to find a hiding place, sitting at the back of their carrier or cage, retreating, finding the little crack at the side of the table to try to squish themselves in or jump up high onto a shelf. They're not keen on being there and they're doing their best to escape the situation. Yeah, you were telling me about those ones earlier. You had that happen in the consult room with a visit you had the other day there. The cat went right up the top. (laughs) Yeah, I had a cat that somehow managed to spring way higher than I expected right onto the top of a shelf. Then, you know, we're trying to find a little stepladder to get them down. So trying to avoid those situations. Then we've got cats that decide that they want to show repelling behaviour. They might hiss, growl, swat or swipe at us or even try to bite or scratch. They're not happy at all about being there and they're making it very clear to us. And finally, we have a cat who's seeking attention or affection. And some cats are actually really chill at the vets. They might be looking for food, looking for treats, playing, exploring. And they're not really too bothered about being at the vet at all. It is interesting when we get owners coming into the consult room and they say, oh, my little puss doesn't do that at home. Or how do you do that? They're not moving for you while they're cutting their nails. Essentially, though, that's the cat's own sort of protective mechanism isn't it so in those few things you've described it's the cat that's sitting still and not moving or you pop a cat onto the consult room floor to see whether it's limping and the cat won't move and they'll just stand there in the middle of the floor or they'll go and run and hide behind the cupboard so 
all of those things are just normal cat behaviour that we're trying to reduce the stress for them so that we can get more meaningful information in the consult room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all individuals and some of them might freeze, some of them might try to escape and some of them might try to defend themselves. Yeah, I guess that's what we're trying to assess from the minute they walk in the room so we can figure out how we're going to handle that particular cat. What about when we've got them stuck in the carrier and they don't want to come out for us to actually do the examination? Yeah, so the most important thing is we just don't want to be yanking the cat out of its box the minute it comes into the room because then we've taken all sense of control away from the cat and we're going to reduce the chance of being able to do anything meaningful with them. So we want to give them the opportunity to exit the carrier by themselves and explore the room. If they don't want to do that, then we might lift the top of the carrier off like I was talking about earlier so we can look at them in the box. But yeah, normally we want to start off the visit by keeping our movements really slow and predictable. We want to talk in a really nice, soft, calming voice. We want to display relaxed body language because cats are really actually quite perceptive to body language and they do pick up on their owner's emotion. Seen that many times, yep. (laughs) Yep. We might use something called the slow blink move. So if you see your vet blinking awkwardly, they're not trying to wink at you. We're doing something (laughs) scientific. The slow blink move is a series of half blinks followed by a long, narrow or or a full blink. This has been scientifically studied and cats respond positively to slow blinks in their direction. And we might also touch them around the regions of their facial glands around their head or neck, which is a cat's favorite place to be patted. And it's around the glands that produce those calming pheromones. So all those things would make the cat feel more comfortable during the exam, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So how do you prepare your cat for the visit? You can do some training at home if you're keen. Mm -hmm. Positive reinforcement training is a great way for you to bond with your cat and it will make our job easier. You can practice touching your cat's ears, checking their eyes, touching their paws, trimming their nails, examining their coat and their teeth. There are really good resources on YouTube about training your cat to get used to vet clinics and all the things the vet might be doing to them and doing something like just bringing their favourite food, a favourite treat or a favourite toy with a familiar towel from home with all the smells of home on it will help to make them feel more relaxed during the visit. But sometimes we get these cats who all of those things don't help and we have to look at using some sort of chemical means or some medication for them to make them less stressful during a uh, visit, don't we? Yeah, we often will prescribe anxiety medication for cats where we've tried all the above and they're still showing that they are quite distressed. It's quite common for us to use an anxiolytic medication called gabapentin, which can be given two to three hours before a vet visit. This will help reduce stress and increase ease of handling. It's quite inexpensive and it has minimal side effects. What if they're going to get car sick though? We can prescribe nausea medication to use before travel and it also helps just to fast your kitty for a couple of hours before you come in. We've been talking recently in a lot of seminars we've been to about cat behaviour, about pain relief as well. Yeah, and that's the other consideration. If your cat is coming in for a visit because they're in pain, if they have a known painful condition like arthritis, it might be worth giving us a call beforehand so we can see if we can make sure that your cat is comfortable before the visit because if they're not in pain, they're going to be so much easier for us to handle and have a look at. So if we have seen your cat, you know, recently within the past six months, um, sometimes we can prescribe some pain medication for you to give beforehand to make things easier as well. Well, we need them to be comfortable. We want them to be stress-free as well. Well, Ash, I think we've just about run out of time there, but really appreciate you giving us the time here on the couch with Suncoast Vet. And until next time, thanks very much, Ash. Thanks, Michael. All right. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next time on the podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to give us a review on your favourite podcast player and further information on this or any other topics, just head over to our website at suncoastvet.com.au where you can make an appointment with any of our dedicated veterinarians at our five clinics on the sunny coast. So see you next time and remember at Suncoast Vet, we know animals.